Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Hour number two of Writer Than You. Jody Mack in for Bill Ryder today. Uh, Going to spend another 60 with you. Looking forward to it. As promised, uh, from a week ago, I said we would get a bunch of team previews in for the National Football League season before it gets underway. And uh, I do them on the weekends, and when I'm given a chance during the week to hop in, I ask my producers if he can get me a guy. Oh, he got me a good one today. Very good team and a very good guest spot. The play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills, John Murphy, joins me here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. John, Jody Mack here. How's your summer going? Well, summer's going well, Jody. It ended a couple of weeks ago when the Bills went to camp. I'm kind of plugged into that NFL schedule. Once the, all my friends, all my family say, oh, what are you doing in August? Well, I'm working in August. You know, that's yeah. what August is all about. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was driving at. Uh, summer has gone by the board for a guy like yourself. And the Bills are a couple of weeks into it. I mentioned this uh, early in today's show. They're the favorites to win it all this year. Uh, most betting outlets, and we've got a ton of them now across the country, have the Bills as the number one choice. You've got the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl last year, coming out of the AFC. You've got Kansas City, who went to two consecutive Super Bowls prior to that in the AFC. Why are the Bills the favorite? Yeah, that's a legitimate question. I agree. Um, look, they're loaded with talent. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they, they, and they got a little bit better as far as talent acquisition this off season. Um, I think there's also a sense that, uh, last year in particular, they were pretty much playing as well as anybody, uh, in, down the stretch and that fateful 13 seconds, the final 13 seconds in the playoff game at Kansas city sticks in everybody's mind. Uh, but it's a legitimate question, especially in a conference where everybody got better and teams are pretty good. I think the AFC is certainly the premier conference in the league right now. So, yep. um, uh, expectations are high, but they don't mean a damn thing. You know, I mean, you still got to go out and play starting for the Bills September 8th. Let me ask you about those fateful 13 seconds last year, backbreaking, just crushing. And of course, then it becomes the focus of, well, each team, Josh, Allen would have been so good in that game. Mahomes is good enough to get the touchdown in overtime and the bills are eliminated. Um, yeah, there was a you and cry out there for the NFL to change their rules because it just seemed wrong that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to go mano a mano with Mahomes. And damn, if the NFL didn't change their overtime rules, they won't admit that it's solely because of that. But I'll tell you, it might be the case. 
it, does that make the Bills feel any better about it, any worse about it? Is it still a topic of conversation around the team and up there in Buffalo? How much is that playing here at the start of 2022? Yeah, very good question. It's interesting. Among the fans and the media, people still remember, obviously, that game and talk about that game and the and the overtime rules change. Uh, it's, and I've been, you know, diving into camp now, what, about three weeks? I haven't heard anybody mention it among the players or coaching staff. And that's, I think, maybe the, the strong suit of Sean McDermott. He gets guys to focus on what's important. Uh, and I'm sure they discuss it internally. And I'm sure Sean's discussion when something like, we can't do anything about it. That's history. We own it. It happened. Uh, we got to move on, and we're still good, a good team. So in the team itself, among players and coaches, they don't talk about that at all, at all. I mean, anybody mentioned it. Outside the team, fans, media, that's a, a big topic of discussion. Understood. And I think that's a good thing that they've uh, refocused and they're only worried about 2022, and they're not going to worry about 2021. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Because guys like you and me and other media members from up there in Buffalo are going to ask questions of the players at the minimal times that you have access to them and can ask those questions. Will Josh Allen be asked about that? And can he use it as motivation? That, yeah, I kind of got stiffed last year, chip on my shoulder kind of thing. Can it help raise Allen's game going into 2022? It can. It can, certainly. And I'm sure Josh will get asked about it, and I'm sure he's got a stock response. Um, look, it's hard for me to see how much better he can get than he was late last year. Uh, but he, he looks a little better, you know. He's a little more decisive. It's important to note that it's his, uh, what, fourth year in this offense, even with a new coordinator. Things have not changed that much under Ken Dorsey as opposed to Brian Dable. And Josh looks as comfortable and as calm and as in control of this offense as he's ever looked, you know, and that's only through uh, three and a half weeks of preseason, one preseason game. So uh, although it may be an internal motivator, I don't think he's going to verbalize too often this season uh, how much that meant to him to lose that game. I don't think he's haunted by it or anything. I mean, he played as well as he could. He played his heart out that game in Kansas City. Let me ask you about Brian Dable. He has been the offensive quarter, and and Dorsey B coming the man is the guy who's already there, and uh, certainly the quarterback has a good relationship with. But uh, Dable was a key guy for the Bills' offensive success these last couple of years. How much is he going to be missed as the new head coach of the Giants? Um, he'll be missed. I mean, first of all, on a personal level, he's a great guy, and I wish him nothing but the best with the New York Giants. I think he's going to be a very successful coach. Uh, provided he's given the time to, to implement what he wants to do. And so in that sense, he'll be missed. It is very similar. Uh, it is a very similar offense to what Dable ran, it, it appears. Um, those of us in the media look for clues that maybe, uh, you know, there's a school of opinion that maybe Sean McDermott has transmitted to uh, Ken Dorsey that he wants to run the ball a little bit more and a little bit more effectively than they did the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think uh, they're a passing team. They were the leading passing team in the NFL last year, and I see no reason why they should pull off that. But uh, it's something to keep an eye on. We don't get too many clues the way they play preseason games. They don't really uh, take the wraps off their offense. But uh, they may be looking for a little more balanced run versus pass in the offense, but I don't think it'll be a dramatic change. If they're going to run the football a little bit more, I won't say tremendously more, why would you do that when you have Josh Allen? But if they do try and lean on it a little bit more, 
who's going to benefit the most? Is it going to be Singletary? Will it be a Zach Moss? Could James Cook, their second-round draft pick, be a big guy? They've got some talent in that running back room. Who's going to be the guy if they're going to run it more? It's a good question. It seems right now they're looking at using all three of those uh, players, and those are the three key guys. They all have different strengths and different, uh, uh, you know, different uh, skill sets they bring to it. Singletary would be the nominal starter, but we'll see how that goes. Zach Moss, I think, has surprised people. He's had a really good camp and a pretty good game last uh, Saturday night against Indianapolis. Uh, he's going into his second year, and I think Zach Moss has something to contribute. And James Cook uh, can contribute as a as a pass receiver coming out of the backfield. They've shown that in practice and in some of the games. I think they want to see more. But I think those are the three guys. I'd look for a kind of a combination of all three and sort of a mix of all three, depending on who they're going up against and what they want to do on offense. All right, back over to the passing game for a minute. We're talking to John Murphy, play-by-play voice of the Bills on their radio network here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Gabriel Davis had that unbelievable bust-out career-type game last year. Nice that he could be the other wide receiver behind Stephon Diggs, but he kind of marked himself as a guy. Yeah, we, we, we better worry about this guy, too. If not, he can burn us big time. How much pressure on him coming into the season off his step-up performance last year? Yeah, I don't know if it's pressure. I think it's an opportunity for Gabe Davis to uh, assert himself as, a, as really a bona fide star in this league. He'll get uh, a little bit less attention than Stefan Diggs will from opposing defenses, and, and I think they'll thrive because of that. I don't, I don't look at it as pressure as much as I look at it as an opportunity for Gabriel Davis to shine and to uh, kind of flourish in this offense. I, I think he's a really good player who's getting a chance to play. It's a really talented wide receiver group. Uh, it's hard for me to envision who the six or seven they're going to keep are right now, but Gabe Davis they're certainly going to keep, and he's certainly going to be a starter on opening day based on the year he had last year. All right. On that uh, talented wide receiver group, Cole Beasley is no longer a part of it, and Josh Allen chose to throw him the ball 112 times last year. That's a whole bunch of targets for Cole Beasley, not part of the mix this year. Who's their slot guy? Who's going to be getting the bulk of those tosses that Beasley got last year that he's no longer around to get? Yeah, and, and this, I think, uh, is maybe the biggest question of this preseason, but they have veteran Isaiah McKenzie back this year for another year. I think it's his third or fourth year with Buffalo. Uh, he's a smaller guy who kind of uh, they, they created the, their own offensive package involving Isaiah McKenzie, a lot of end-around runs and certainly use him in the slot. They're also they, they signed the free agent number 80, Jamison Crowder, former New York Jet and Washington uh, wide receiver, who got a slow start to camp. He got banged up at the start of camp, but he's come on a little bit and, and made more and more plays. Uh, and they have a rookie who's looked pretty good, uh, Khalil Shakir, um, I mean, a fifth-round pick who uh, might have something to say about that position as well. I think with Shakir, they're trying to indoctrinate him into all of the wide receiver positions because if they keep him, they need him to back up everybody on that uh, wide receiving course. So uh, the, those three, and I wouldn't be surprised if McKenzie and Crowder kind of traded off, uh, you know, snaps and, and targets at the slot receiver spot because they're both pretty good. They have different uh, different attributes, but they're both pretty good and I think can add a lot to uh, the offense. We have not seen the, the Jamison Crowder that I used to see with the Jets and with Washington even before that. We haven't seen that yet in camp because of his slow start with injuries, but I think he's going to have something to say about that slot receiver position. 
All right, John, other side of the ball, the Bills were one of the better defenses in football last year. All right, it might not have showed itself in that Kansas City game where it was just offense going up and down the field, up and down the field, but we know the Bills had a damn good defense all year long. And they add to it, Von Miller comes in as a free agent. You know the guy is capable of winning Super Bowls. He's already done that twice in two different spots. He wants to become the first guy to win him in three different spots. And they used their first-round draft pick on Kair Elam, uh, DB from uh, Florida. How have those two guys fit in? I know it's really early and we got to wait till the season starts, but what you've been able to see from practice both, uh, we know Miller's going to be starting. Is Elam a definite starter? How have they both looked fitting into the Bills' defense? Well, they, they both look good. I mean, totally different guys. Uh, and, and let me say, you mentioned how good the de- Buffalo defense was last year. They were ranked number one in terms of yards allowed. Right. They didn't get a whole lot of pass rush pressure, which is why you know we have Von Miller with the Bills now. He's looked good. He hasn't had a lot of work, didn't play at all in preseason game number one, but he's looked good. 33 years old. So you could legitimately ask how much does he have left. I think the Bills are betting on the fact that given the heavy rotation of eight defensive linemen they use, that uh, Von Miller will be able to thrive in this defense and it, with this defensive line. So, um, again, having not seen him in a preseason game yet, but seen him at practice, uh, he's got a lot to add to this defense. And, I, I, you know, what's interesting to me is the leadership role he's assumed. He uh, takes it upon himself to kind of shepherd the – some of the younger defensive linemen, too, and that, that's important, I think, in sort of the culture they're trying to uh, create here. Uh, Kair Elam, uh, Bill's first-round pick, um, has been a starter since the first day of training camp, and he remains there. Now, the Bills are missing one of their top players uh, on either side of the ball, Tredavious White, who is uh, still not certain when he'll be back. So Elam's uh, got a spot in the starting lineup now. He's held his own. It's interesting. He's got all the physical attributes of a first-round pick. I mean, extremely long arms. He's very physical. He's not tall, but he's bigger than your average corner from five years ago. And I'm eager to see how that translates uh, on the field in terms of his playing ability. He's, you know, everything is so heavily scrutinized. He'll get beat by one of the Bills' good receivers, uh, Stefan Diggs or somebody in, in a training camp practice, and everybody's like, oh, oh why is our first-round pick getting beat? Well, he's up against Stefan Diggs. What do you think, you know? But I think he's good. He could be a starter on opening day, depending on uh, Jadavius White's status. Right now, his uh, partner at the starting spot is Dane Jackson, a a two- or three-year veteran from Pittsburgh, who's been a pretty good player. But, uh, yeah, I think Elam will be a starter on uh, September 8th as well. When do you think you'll know whether White is going to be good to go by the first week of the season? Yeah, they've talked about it a lot. They're they're not given any kind of uh, timetable yet. Uh, my sense is he's going to be ready for September 8th and probably not before that. You know, they they really don't update us. Most teams will do this nowadays. They don't say, you know, two weeks or one week. They're going to – they don't want to put any artificial timeline on it. So I I think he'll be ready for the Rams game, the opener. But uh, we'll see. That could change. Yeah, information kept tight to the best. Oh, oh, yeah. National defense secrets in uh, some town. Not great. (laughs) Not not a very big surprise there. All right. Um, If I told you I think 
that the Jets are going to be better. They're going to be a better football team, even with the injury to their quarterback. Flacco might be able to get him through the first couple of weeks, and uh, then they'll get Wilson back. I think they'll be improved. I think still they'll be fourth in the AFC East, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And I absolutely believe the Dolphins are going to be better than they were last year. I think uh, adding Tyreek Hill is huge, and I think Tua is going to have a breakout year, and I do like their coach, uh, so I think they'll be a better team. How many games can the Bills win in this division? Because that Belichick guy is still pretty tough to try and win against, uh, win games against. I think, yes, the AFC West is the most difficult division in all of football, but the AFC East might be as good a division as every other division except the AFC West. How many games can the Bills realistically think about winning against uh, yeah. the schedule they have? I kind of agree with your assessment. I didn't think of it like that, but you're right. After the AFC West, the uh, the Bills division is as tough as they come uh, compared to the others. You know, I, they've dominated for a couple of years, and uh, I'm trying not to be putting a you know a sunshine picture on this, but I think they can win five or six in the division again. I, I do. Okay. Um, I know the Dolphins are better, uh, and I know they'll be a little tougher. And, but I don't think the Patriots are better, and the Jets, I think, have a long way to go. I think uh, now is the time for the Bills, and I think uh, at least four – uh, more likely five or six uh, divisional wins, uh, and the Bills need that because they have a, a tough schedule outside of the division this year, so they'll need to uh, make hay in the AFC East for sure. Other than the division, if the Bills are, as I noted at the top of the interview, the betting favorite to end up in the Super Bowl and end up on the victorious side of the field at the Super Bowl before they get to the Super Bowl, what team is the one that puts up the biggest challenge in the AFC for you? Yeah, um, well, they don't play them, but I think the Chargers are going to be really good. Uh, you're, really, you're jumping uh, on that Charger bandwagon, too. Huh? I think the world is ahead of the game with the Chargers. Like I, I know they've got a great young quarterback, but uh, they, they, they don't have any play. At least the Bills have won playoff games. The Chargers haven't yet. I'm not ready to anoint them as number two just yet. All right. They're coming on in my mind. I mean, the Chiefs uh, lost Tyreek Hill, but they've got uh, – you know, Mahomes and a great surrounding cast around him. Um, those would be the two that I would pick as the, okay. the biggest threats, I guess, to the Bills in the AFC. It's it's a tough uh, conference. So, every you know, the Bengals are the defending conference champions. They're not going to go away quietly, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, all right, last thing, and I do appreciate I've got some very good friends who are diehard Bills fans, and the Bills – have a very special fan group. They've earned the nickname Bills Mafia over all the years. You're up there every single day. Expectations higher this year, probably since when Jim Kelly was the quarterback. So it does change the narrative and change the focus a little bit. What is Bills Nation in in, uh, Buffalo right now? What is the Mafia saying? How high are those expectations? I mean, they're sky high, as high as it gets. I think folks... Uh, expect almost a, a Super Bowl appearance for the Bills. Um, I don't put myself in that group because I was around in the 90s, in, in the 1990s, and I remember how difficult it is to get to the Super Bowl, and the league has changed so much now, too. Um, but, yeah, the expectations are through the roof. I, I do find myself a little bit concerned that anything short of that will be viewed as a disappointment. And I, I do think, and, Jody, I think you'd appreciate this, I think uh, fans, especially casual fans, underestimate how competitive the league is. Sure. Everybody tries to get better. Everybody wants to be good. Um, when the Bills went to camp, everybody's, you know, fans coming up to me, oh, this is the year, this year. I said, well, 
you know, 31 other teams are going to camp this week saying, uh, uh, this is our year too. Let's go kick, kick the hell out of the Buffalo Bills this year. So it's so competitive throughout the year. And especially now that, uh, not, I take nothing for granted. Um, I mean, shoot, I lived through a 17 year playoff drought, so it can change pretty quickly. Yeah, Bills have a little bit of a target on their back this year, which changes yep. the narrative as well a little bit. Uh, how many years for you now? At the uh, Are we sneaking up on two decades as the voice of the Bills? <laughs> well, I started in 04 was my first year. I, it's, I've been on the broadcast. I worked with uh, my predecessor, uh, Van Miller, who was a great broadcaster. I worked for him for with him for 16 years. So in total, it's my 35th year on the Bills broadcast. Damn. Uh, and I've been in play-by-play since '04, so it's been a while. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of football. Some of it bad. <laughs> All right, and you know what? I just completely, I had a brain freeze last night. Um, I was doing a show in in Philadelphia, and I couldn't remember if it was Leon Lett that Don Beebe knocked the ball out of in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where do we go? Oh, somebody asked me about the Rose Bowl setup, and I said, I've never been to a Rose Bowl, but I've been to Pasadena for the Super Bowl. Bills and Cowboys yeah. that year, and it was yep. one of the most memorable fun. plays in the history of football, except I couldn't remember who the Cowboy guy who uh, held the ball out like a loaf of bread when B.B. knocked it out of his hands. It was Leon Lett, right? Yeah, it was Leon Lett. And B.B., okay. who now coaches, uh, I think, Division three football in Illinois, I see him once in a while, and he says he still gets mail from people who – <laughs> want him to sign a picture of that play. I mean, it's a great play. There's, there's a lot to be said about that play. And the game was, I think the final was 52-17. to 17, And the game was totally out of reach when that play happened. But BB wouldn't let that... Uh, wouldn't let that touchdown go unchallenged. He hustled down the field and knocked it out of his hands. He surely did. And I was sitting in the Rose Bowl, and I said, I can't believe that just happened. Didn't change the outcome of the game, as you correctly pointed out, but it is one of the more memorable plays in the history of the National Football League. John, uh, I think you guys are going to have a big year. You should have a lot of fun. We'll try and get you back on during the season. Thank you very much for doing this preseason preview with us. Thank you, Jody. Love talking to you. I'll do it anytime. Thanks. My pleasure. John Murphy, play-by-play voice and uh, several decades, sneaking up on two decades as a play-by-play guy, but as he just told you, 30-plus years as part of the broadcast team for the Bills. Yeah, you got to go back to uh, when they went to four consecutive Super Bowls that the Bills have been as highly thought of prior to the season uh, as they are this year. Yeah, they got some pressure on them, and they got a, a little bit of a target on their back, but they look like they could be up to the task. All right, Jody Mack, task for me is finish out today's writer than you i'd love a little help on the phones at 855-212-4227 i get a little help from my producer tommy d when we come back we'll do a little buy or sell this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jay Mack, Jordy McDonald, hanging with you here on CBS Sports Radio, filling in for Billy R., uh, we'll rock and roll to the top of the hour. In the final segment, I guarantee you we'll get some calls in. If you make them, 855-212-4227. But at this time, every single day, Tommy D steps to the mic and says, Jody Mack, what are you doing, buying or selling? What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Jody, let's start it off where we always do by talking some NFL, but let's change it up today. Let's talk about some defense, defense, defense. Now, mm-hmm. Steelers linebacker TJ Watt was a guest of the Pivot podcast, and he was asked if he thinks he's a better player than his older brother JJ. I do think that it's misconstrued with, I want people to understand how great my brother truly was in his mm-hmm. prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it gets lost in today's and I know he would be upset if I said this but I think it it truly is it's like you go back and you look at it you watch the film you like the guy was unstoppable like absolutely unstoppable he'll never say it but it's like I think people need to go back and look at that and be like the guy was doing incredible things for four or five years and I think he can still play at a high level I think I'm too early in my career to compare myself to him at the moment honestly buy or sell that TJ Watt has a better chance to be a more dominant player than his brother, J.J. Watt. Fair question. I like it. But I also like what T.J. said. J.J., at the top of his game, and we can go back and look and see exactly how long that lasted, was better than T.J. is and has been at the top of his game. Now, maybe he's got another step up in him. I don't know how he could be much better as the defensive player of the year in the National Football League last year, but maybe he can... And other than their last name, they are kind of tough to compare because uh, TJ is more of an edge guy, whereas JJ could win on both the edge and straight up the middle and beating two tack to uh, a guard and a tackle to just power drive pass to the quarterback. So it's not a perfect comparison. They're different types of players, both dominant defense players, but they're different types. Uh, No, I'm going to go with TJ and say that it's JJ. So I'll say sell. Sell. All right, Jordy, let's get to that offense now. All reports thus far have Geno Smith leading the Seahawks quarterback battle 
over Drew Locke, who Seattle got in a trade for Russell Wilson. Yesterday, Locke tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss their game tomorrow night against the Bears. Buy or sell that the Seattle Seahawks have the worst quarterback situation right now in the NFL. Uh, Buy. Buy. And it's not even close. You know, uh, Giant fans, another fan base uh, that has a problem with me. Um, Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Daniel Jones fan. I've said he can't play from the day he was drafted, so I haven't changed my opinion at all on that. Um, But at least he's better than what Seattle's going to throw out there this year. I I can't believe that they haven't made a move for a QB. I guess the Garoppolo thing is still to be determined, and they, if he gets released, may scoop him up and put him in there, and he'd certainly be better than either of the two they're planning on playing this year. I know Geno Smith. I saw you. Geno was a Jet. I live Geno Smith. Good luck, Seattle, if you think Geno Smith is going to win football games for you this year. Uh, they won't admit to it, but I don't think the Seahawks are all that worried about how many games they win next year. Uh, this year. Uh, they will be quarterbacked by someone else next year who is probably not even in the league yet. All right, Jody, you mentioned the New York Giants, so let's get to them here. They announced this week that backup Tyrod Taylor would get some first-team reps during training camp, but new head coach Brian Dayball was adamant that it was not a reflection on how he feels about starter Daniel Jones, saying, quote, I have full confidence in Daniel and full confidence in Tyrod and what his role is. Each day we sit there and we evaluate the guys, end quote. Buy or sell that Daniel Jones will finish this season as the starter for the Giants. Yeah, because Tyrod Taylor's going to go in and he's going to get hurt, and then you're going to have to go back to Daniel Jones. So it doesn't much matter, uh, and the coach can, uh, it's absolutely expected that he's going to give verbally his complete and utter belief in Daniel Jones. Yeah, guess what? Pete Carroll has faith and belief in the two quarterbacks he has in Seattle. I don't. But the coach has to say that, so I'm going to take uh, the Giants coach uh, backing of his QB with a little bit of a grain of salt. Tyrod Taylor's a nice backup. That's what he is in the National Football League. He's had a couple of chances to start in different places, and it's always gone awry because he gets hurt. If he gets in for the Giants this year, he'll get hurt again, so it'll be back to Daniel Jones. Bye. All right, Jody, let's get to some college football here. Now, over the years, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin has been known to give the media a great soundbite here and there. Whether it was during his time at Tennessee, USC, or in the NFL with the Raiders. But this week, Kiffin gave us this when he was asked where Ole Miss found their new punter, Charlie Pullock. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, you know, like at a keg party or something, you know, where they got him from. (laughs) So we got some conditioning work to do with my guy. But um, we just said, hey, someone go find a punter around campus and so we found one that actually used to punt in division one found their punter at a frat house now Pulak <laughs> was the number 13 overall punter in the 2020 recruiting class and he attended nevada but entered the transfer portal in december of 2020 buy or sell Ole miss recruiting their punter at a frat house maybe yeah, Kiffin's nuts, and he's likely to say anything, but I'm guessing someone had mentioned to him, hey, we've got a punter transferring in, seeing as you might have a need for a punter. Uh, I don't think it's as cut and dry as the coach made it out to be, but 
I think you can read into that. Yeah, that's somebody else's job to figure out the punting. I, I have more important things to do as the head coach of this football team. All right, Jordy, let's finish up with some hoops here. Last one. Report surfaced yesterday that Oregon had become the leading school to land Bronny James, of course, LeBron's son. Now, Bronny is entering his senior year of high school, and LeBron took to Twitter to deny those reports about Oregon, saying, quote, he hasn't taken one visit yet. He's only had a few calls with coaches and universities. When Bronny makes his choice, you'll hear it from him, end quote. My question to you, Jody, buy or sell that big-time college basketball programs should stay away from recruiting Bronny James because of who his dad is. Stay away? No way. You absolutely want to recruit Bronny James because unless you really think the kid can't play, unless you believe he is so overhyped because of his last name, because of his dad, and that you don't know that he can come in and start with you. Everybody's going to have a different scouting report on the kid. I've talked to a couple people. Those that I trust have told me, yeah, Jody, he's got a chance to be an NBA player. It's not a given. He's going to he'd probably be well advised to stay a couple of years in college rather than come out. Now, we know everybody's going to project he's going to come out after one year because dad wants to play with him. So there are some strings attached but I would say the upside outweighs the downside. If you got LeBron James showing up at your games and talking about your day, it's going to do more positive for the program than negative. So I would say sell on that one. Give me Bernie James. Sell. All right, that'll do it for uh, Buy or Sell. Fun as always. Good job by Tommy D. Uh, Jody Mack coming back. You can go buy or sell on me. Um, any of the topics we've touched on. Bills is the favorite. To win the Super Bowl, you buying on that one? Hop on my phone lines, 855-212-4227. Come back, finish it on the phones with you, the fans, after the latest CBS Sports Update with the mad bomber, Bronx bomber, that is, Marco Belletti. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Love the dramatic music that we finish out every day with here on uh, Writer Than You. When I get a chance to fill in for Billy, I, I like the fact that we end the show on an up note musically. Jody Mack in for Billy R. Uh, got a couple of minutes left. If you want to hop on the phones, I do have a call I'm going to take here. I'll get a couple in if you buzz quickly. 855 212 4227. I'm punching up Wally from Erie on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Wall. Hello? Hey, how are you? Hey, fine, sir. I'd like to ask you an opinion or a question, all right? Yes. I've been watching football now for 30, 35 years. I just wonder, going back like to the Bradshaw era with superstars, the 49ers, the Cowboys, why I hardly ever recall... A, somebody getting a season ruined with an ACL or a knee. Why are those injuries so prevalent today? All right, a couple things, Wally. Number one, it's more like 45, 50 years. If you're talking about going back to uh, Terry Bradshaw and the Steeler dynasty uh, from back in the 70s, it's it's been more than just 30 or 35. It's more like 45 or 50, depending on what area you want to talk about. Here's uh, would be my theory on it. Back then, in the day, there was no such thing as free agency. You were drafted by a team. You were property of that team. So you would try and work your way through injuries more than today's players do because today's players are their own entity and their own business. They know they've got to stay on the team for their rookie contract, but then after that, they're going to be a free agent, and they're going to be able to get that much bigger a second contract, so they're going to make sure that they are 100% healthy, that they don't suffer a career-ending injury. I don't think it's fair to compare the NFL in 2022 to the NFL in 1975 because the game has just changed too much, and the economics of the game have changed too much to look at them as equal. So I don't think you can do what you want to try and do. You want to go back to when free agency started 20-plus years ago and say it was different then. That at least is a fair comparison because the ability of a guy to get up and go to another franchise is at least in play. I think the teams are protective, more protective of the players. They look at them as investments because they've got to pay them big bucks because if they don't, they'll go somewhere else or they want them to add them to their team as a free agent. You've got to pay a premium to be able to get them. Yeah, they are now looked at as investments. Players are investments. So the team is going to handle them more uh, carefully. The players are going to handle themselves more carefully. And that's why I think we have more players injured in today's football than we used to. All righty. Appreciate the call. Uh, That was funny. Um, If you don't know, your host is a 60-year-old guy. Uh, My voice is my voice. His voice was his voice. And when he came on, I said, all right, well, I got a guy that's uh, even older than me on the line. And he said, I've been watching football for 35 years. Well, I've been watching football for 50. 
and he's only been watching. Th- he's just not great at math. I'm actually okay at math, and I could do the math. If you want to go back to Bradshaw's Steelers winning Super Bowls, yeah, you're backing up more than 40. Not, not 35, sneaking up on 50 years ago that that was the case. So, uh, yeah, it all comes down to timing and the fact that the game has changed. And, yes, we'll see if you're watching the NFL Network, listening here on CBS Sports Radio, that we guys get any breaking news on guys getting hurt, oh, you're going to hear about it. And there will be across the NFL today a bunch of teams that are going to have joint practices because you got a full slate of preseason games coming up this weekend. Um, Teams will be actually hitting one another. This is not going to be a uh, practice where they put in uh, an hour and 20 minutes and you can't touch the quarterback and they're not tackling to the ground. Oh, no. When you face off against other teams, you have to know that it's going to be played like a regular season pro football game. Uh, So we might have some injuries. I think that the teams that can balance that as well as they can, because if you're going to try and go old school, two-a-days, three-hour practices, pads on for absolutely everybody, yeah, you're risking. You're taking a chance. You could get one of your key guys, key players injured, and you sure as hell don't want to do that before the season starts. But for my liking, there are some teams that have pushed safety first a little bit too far. And that, uh, yeah, you're you're, you're going to come in with a fairly healthy roster for week one of the season, but are you actually going to be ready to play? Uh, I've talked to some pl- former players, some current players, who say, yeah, I need to hit before the season starts. Because if I'm not in hitting shape when I have to do it, yeah, I have some concerns about whether I'm going to be able to do it well enough and could I end up getting hurt? You make it, oh, we were everybody healthy. We only have two injuries for week one. And then you come out of week one with 12 injuries because the guys aren't used to laying the wood on anybody or having the wood laid on them. So the teams that can strike that balance of being somewhat protective of their players, but also getting the hard work and the physicality that they need to get in before week one, September 11th, first Sunday of the season – yeah, those are the teams that will play the best football in September. I think it's as it's almost as important as the talent that you have procured for your roster. As crazy as that may sound, I truly do believe that that the best coaching staffs know exactly when they have to push their players and get them prepped and ready, physically ready for the upcoming season, and balancing it with uh, making sure you start the season off on a uh, uh, a strong protective spot. Uh, it is it's not easy and it is ever changing and they'll do it a little bit differently next year and the year after that. Um, but for you old school guys who think this isn't football, get used to it because it is what it is. It's not going backwards. I don't think we're going back to highlights of guys just being laid out in the middle of the field. You know that they've already made changes. There's the mindset of the coaches and the way they prep. Maybe even more importantly is the fact that they've changed the rules. Uh, to protect players and to, in my opinion, emphasize offense. It's really difficult to be a defensive player. If I had uh, had a son uh, when I uh, first got married with my wife uh, and he wanted to be a football player, I, I probably would have frowned on it 
because it is as physical and violent a sport as it is and all the concussion issues that we've had, I do not believe I would have uh, thrown down a gauntlet and said, my son's not playing football. If he really wanted to play football, I would have allowed him to play football. But I certainly would have attempted to influence him to be an offensive player um, because defensive players, you really are still expected to be a guy who's just going to pound people. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a physical sport. It's not as physical as it once was, but it's still a uh, very physical sport that isn't going to change anytime soon. All right, one quick thing I wanted to get in uh, at some point during the two hours today. Patrick Reed, if you recognize the name, not an NFL player, not a baseball player, that would be a professional golfer, is suing the PGA for defamation of character. This story breaks when Tiger Woods is going to Wilmington to talk to the other top players to try and rally the troops around the PGA. We've got the FedEx Cup in uh, Wilmington this week, uh, which is a good way to cap off the P- the golfing season. It's specifically the PGA season for all you live guys out there. Um, and do they really need Patrick Reed? Did he really need to go there? I understand the lines of battle have been drawn between Liv and the PGA. And I've tried to walk the line in the middle because I understand where the Liv guys are coming from. They're throwing ungodly money at them. Um, No matter how much the PGA has done to get you to a place where you can command millions of dollars for doing what you love to do, which is play golf. I get it that America is based on your ability to earn the bucks. And if you want to do that, even if you believe the people that are paying your check shouldn't have your respect, you they shouldn't be working for a person like that with the Saudi money that's backing it. I get it. There, there can be an annoyance level for fans. But if I were in that position, I'd, I, I guarantee you I would listen. Would I jump? I guess the question would be how high is high? How many tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars are we uh, talking about here? And I might do the exact same with some of the live guys did, which is, yeah, I play less and make more. That's kind of what we'd all like to do with our lives. Uh, so I, I haven't been an outspoken live detractor. I'm not going to just bury my head in the sand and not acknowledge that there needs to be some uh, judgment here. But a guy like Patrick Reed suing the PGA because... Some of the announcers have suggested that he's a guy who is ready, willing, and able to cheat. And he got caught cheating. It's kind of like Fernando Tatis. Oh, well, I took it because I had ringworm. And it was on me, and I didn't know the specific ingredient was going to get me to pop positive on a PED test. Well, that's your job. And by the way, Patrick Reed, you got caught cheating. His stance is that they just continue to harp on and they overdone it. And, and burn. Well, Liv didn't uh, shy away from giving you a big contract to join them. So how badly were you defamed if you were in the position to have to make the call as to which organization you wanted to play for, the PGA or Liv? Yeah, uh, Patrick Reed is a guy who I have no problems questioning i think he's a bit of a jerk too he's a good golfer he's a really good golfer but he's a jerk and he's absolutely coming off as a jerk uh suing the pga uh tiger woods is going to move the needle i at least have uh, been able to find out that he already has uh got some of the best golfers they're still the pga superstars to sit down have a conversation things that they can do to help the pga 
but also talk about how the PGA can help them. They're in a, a unique bargaining position with the PGA because the superstars that still are PGA guys and some damn big stars have jumped to live are in a spot where they can kind of lean on the PGA to up the purses and do certain things to make it better for those who are showing their allegiance to the PGA. And no one, no one can absolutely move the needle like Tiger Woods can. We know he can on television ratings, but he can within the PGA as well because even though he's not the superstar golfer he once was, he's still Tiger Woods. And I will be watching uh, the golf this weekend as they uh, FedEx Cup it down in Wilmington. Uh, thanks to Tommy D. Hey, we've got Tanner McGee, top college quarterback from Stanford, going to be joining us here tomorrow when I fill in for Bill Ryder here on Ryder Than You. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.